Welcome to RLF Radio, the only show that helps young baseball players and their parents prepare for high school athletics and beyond. Brought to you by the Ryan Lemon Foundation, with your hosts, Dick Owens, Guy Lemon. Hey, welcome everybody, and thanks for tuning in. We've got a great welcome, show. welcome, welcome. That was that was Dick. <laughs> I'm here. This We're is here Guy. <laughs> it's the two of us, and we've got two great guys in the uh, in the booth tonight. We had an earlier show that you may have listened to a few weeks ago from uh, Coach Altabelli, and now we've got the better half of the duo. Another His, Coach Altabelli. Right. Another Coach Altabelli, the younger, stronger, faster, better-looking version, J.J. Altabelli. J.J., thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Those of you that are uh, current fans of uh, Orange County baseball will recognize J.J.'s name. He was a recent 2009 graduate at Woodbridge High, then went on to uh, play for Coach Horton up at... Uh, Oregon and graduated in four years. Congratulations on that. Thank you. That's Thank an you. amazing feat right there. It yeah, is a miracle. That's my dad. <laughs> that was the dad jumping in. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> tell, tell us about uh, th- that experience. And actually, after after playing at Oregon, what uh, what? Tell us about the next part of your baseball career. Uh, yeah, after I uh, finished up at Oregon, my senior year, I was uh, drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in the 18th round, uh, and I got to go to beautiful Johnson City, Tennessee. That's where I played my short season and opened up a whole new world to me a little bit. I'm not used to that part of the, the country. but A little, uh, little bit different. Yeah. A little bit different. A lot different. But uh, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. Um, had a great time playing pro ball. And to be lucky enough to be one of the guys that gets a chance to play pro ball is just an honor in itself because it's every kid's dream and not many get to actually live it. And uh, speaking of that, I guess you've decided, uh, at least in the short run, to make baseball a career. What do you, what have you done since your uh, pro days? Uh, once I finished playing pro ball, I went back to the University of Oregon, uh, where I was an administrative assistant up there uh, under Coach Horton. I always knew I wanted to coach, uh, so I figured, what, uh, where's a better place than to go learn more about the game than from Coach Horton? Um, and it's. It was a beautiful experience up there, and I learned a lot, and I got to see a different side of it on the coaching aspect of it. Uh, and now, I, after that year there, I was lucky enough to get a coaching job at Cal State Fullerton uh, for Rick Vanderhoek. Oh, and you've been there how long? A couple the, years? Uh, this is my second year currently. Those, Of course, anybody listening here in Orange County knows of Cal State Fullerton. If, to try and follow you and the team, how would they look up uh, Cal State Fullerton? What's the website that they might go to to look up at the the schedule i'm not sure what our exact website is but i'm sure if you give it a google search and just type in cal state fullerton baseball I'm it'll sure come it's, up believe it's one of the first Absolutely. first few links you can click <laughs> on our schedule and when does i know we were when we were talking with your data a week or so ago we mentioned he's already had a game or two have you guys started your season uh we have not started yet we uh start february 17th uh we open up at home versus uh, stanford oh pretty good opening Oof. uh yeah three game series yeah they had a great tradition going on they used to play each other all the time uh back in the day uh, and we just started that back up again last year uh we went up to palo alto and played them and now they're coming down to fullerton to play us opening weekend very fun well as you might guess our rlf radio we hope that our listeners are primarily junior high guys that are thinking about trying to play high school baseball, high school guys trying to get better, and high school guys hoping to get on to play college. Go back and relate your high school days as you compare to your college days. If you had to do your high school days over again, and I'm talking on the baseball side, perhaps not with the girlfriends or the school, (laughs) but just on the baseball side, uh, as you went on to play in college, what would you have done differently? 
the biggest thing I wish I wouldn't have torn my labrum yeah. my junior year of high school. But uh, you know, I I honestly do wish that I would have taken uh, academics a little more seriously. Um, it was always a struggle for me. I was always so focused on baseball all the time, and you could find me on a baseball field. You could find me in the weight room, um, but it was my mom's job to try to get me where I needed to be in the classroom. And I was actually really close to not being able to get into University of Oregon uh, because of my grades. I know that kids listening, their parents always tell you, you got to focus on school. School's important. Uh, no matter how good you are at baseball, you, you have to eventually have another path in life. And uh, school's really important, and it just opens up a whole a whole bunch of other opportunities for you once you're done playing the game. Talk about during the high school side when you said you, you know, I know with certainly with your dad's with a relationship with your dad and his um, connections into baseball, you had lots of opportunities. How many games would you guess you played on an annual, I mean, other than when you were hurt, uh, say in your sophomore year and your senior year, how many games do you figure you played between the regular high school season and, and all the other stuff? Oh, man, uh, I think the regular high school season is about 25, 25 games. games. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't make it to playoffs too many times at Woodbridge. Uh, so 25 there, and then I played on the Renegades uh, for Cy Petro, oh, the Connie Mackley. A very Cy good uh, travel team. Yeah, and there was at least three games a week there, and then there was scalpel on Sundays. That was always a doubleheader. I would say probably around 100 games a year. Do, do you feel like as you look back on it, getting ready for college, that all those games were important, or, or do you felt like you could have gotten there and, and maybe spent a little more time in the weight room or a little more time academics, or did, did that playing all those games really make the difference for you? Uh, not so much the games. I think just everything involved with it, the commitment to things and having to show up to practices. And on Sundays you had to play doubleheaders and scalpel, and it just really it kind of weeds people out that aren't committed to the sport. You really do have to find a little bit of separation because it can't be baseball 100 percent of the time you do have to find time to work on your academics and get stronger in the weight room um, but i do believe that there's times it's especially nowadays it's kind of getting a little bit overboard with how much kids are playing these days um, so i think there is they could take a step back and kind of focus on things that aren't so baseball specific yeah we had we had a meeting last night we talked about some of the showcases and that one of the guys brought up that somebody parent came up and asked him if it was okay if his 12 year old went to a showcase yeah 12 years old absolutely i mean i have i do hitting camps and stuff at cal state forts and i got seventh and sixth graders in the camps and they're talking about all these showcases i'm like man you're too young to be worrying about college and all that you just got to enjoy the game and have fun and try to learn the game rather than worry about getting a scholarship when you're 12 years old. You know, you bring up a good point, though, for the 11 or 12-year-old and, and these uh, clinics, because those, I would think, are really good things for young guys to go to, because they get a chance to get a flavor of the uh, college atmosphere, and yet, but it's really your one-on-one, or not one-on-one, but a pretty tight environment teaching a 12-year-old a pretty high level of skill. I, I mean, I, you think those are, obviously you do them, but, but your thoughts in terms of the value to the 12-year-old? I, I think there is value to kids that age coming to certain clinics, but I was talking more on the lines of all the showcases and uh, the big events where there's hundreds and hundreds of kids. It's really hard to really focus on a smaller group of kids, and at that age there's so many details that get lost in the game, and I think the smaller smaller showcases or camps, I would say would be a better word than showcase, 
the camps are where kids can really learn the details of the game and the importance of the little things and get their fundamentals down because when you're that age that's those are the things you really need to focus on. And I, and I would think that part of your responsibility, I'm just guessing at, at Cal State, would be you probably help with the camps that oh, they do at, and on there, right? Yeah, that's that's one of my main jobs there is to work camps. And right. uh, I usually mainly do the high school kid camps during the year, but uh, we have youth camps during the winter and we have youth camps all summer. And those kids are from 6 to 12 years old. And those are the ones where are really fun because you get to see the kids when they're at the little guys and i know remember when i was a kid i was always hanging around my dad's field and uh, that's where i really enjoy teaching the kids and hoping that it takes them in the right direction well you know just on that camp for listeners that may be thinking about doing that this summer and i'll do a little advertising or let you do the advertising at cal state fortin if i'm an eight-year-old and i want to sign up at a cal state fortin camp how many other players in my age bracket will be there uh it varies uh the summer camps the youth camps uh during the summer We'll have about anywhere from 60 to 100 kids at them. And then how many coaches relative to that number of kids? Uh, it's always a 5 to 1 ratio. Uh, wow, that's yeah. almost like private instruction. Yeah, it's it's really great, actually. And we have current players that help work those as well. Um, so they can. it's really cool for the younger kids to be around uh, current Cal State forwards and players because that's who they all look up to and who they want to be one day. So I think that part's pretty special. And then how many hours a day and how many days in a camp is it two hours a day for three days eight hours a day for two weeks what what's the uh the the ones in the summer go uh, are five days long and they're from nine to three. Oh, so i it, i guess to your point as compared to doing a showcase where you may be standing around a lot for two at bats for eight for five hours a day you're getting a lot of instruction a lot of ball time oh yeah a lot of instruction it, it allows you to kind of really focus in on the specific details of the game and uh, you don't rush through things, and you can kind of cover all aspects of it through the five days. Now, shifting around now from the other side, as a college player, and I'm guessing, and, and maybe coach, you might, uh, dad, you might jump in on this one. Compare the amount of time you, as a college player at a D1 program, spend in the off season on baseball, perhaps as compared to a junior college. Is it is it the same? Is it different in terms of the hours and the commitment? What do you What do you think? Uh, there's not really much of an off season at the Division One <laughs> level. I mean, the the times you get off are about a two week span during uh, December during the holidays, and you got you're off from school stuff uh, during the summer with Cal State Fullerton at least. But most of our players go out and play summer ball, and there's all a bunch of summer ball leagues out there now. So there really isn't much time to kind of get away from the game and just relax, which I think is a good thing and a bad thing. You got to be committed, I guess, and yeah. that was your point. You better have passion for the sport if you're moving on to the Division One level. Absolutely, you you really have to be very committed to it because it's it's no joke. There's it's a lot of time commitment going. And into when it. when you say going to summer ball, uh, and I'm sure there's some listeners out there be interested in, in that at some point when they get to school. Do the coach help you get to a summer team? They figure out I'm going to go to the Alaskan League. I'm going to go to Cape Cod or whatever. That's how they do that. Yeah, they the one of the coaches whoever's assigned to the summer ball. Uh, assignments is they'll they'll pick a team for you to go to and you're just kind of shot out there and it could be in the cape cod league which is what everyone wants to go to but it could right. be somewhere in minnesota in the northwoods that you're not familiar with at all right. so like last summer's cal state fullerton team there's 25 30 guys in the team that play in the spring how many of those guys will get on some summer college team somewhere out around the country all 25 
No, not all 25. There's always those exceptions. They have your pitchers that threw too many innings, too many innings during the regular season, so you kind of want to shut them down, don't want to overuse them. Uh, and then there's unfortunate situations where guys have to go to summer school. and Aha, uh-huh, academic. Yeah, uh, academics again. summer school, and <laughs> it gets the takes away their opportunity to go play summer ball. And uh, So I'd say probably about 75% of our guys will go out and play, and you also have the, the guys that are older that, have been playing summer ball for three years that just want our summer to relax and they've had enough at bats where they don't feel it's necessary for them to be sent out during the summer. And, and we, as we mentioned, we've got uh, JJ's dad here, Coach Altabelli, at uh, very successful at uh, Orange Coast College. What about your circumstance in the summertime? What do your guys do in the summer? Yeah, most of our guys go out and play. Uh, JJ was a head coach up in Portland last summer, so three or four of our guys went out and played for him. And there's different. There's so many leagues now out there that kids can go be a part of, whether they want to go to Iowa or up towards Alaska or Canada or things like that. But you know, one of the neat stories was I had an opportunity. The only time I ever coached JJ in baseball was in Cape Cod. I was the assistant coach, and he played on the team. And how many dads could say they threw cool batting practice? Oh, yeah. I threw batting practice to him in Fenway Park. That was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a story. I hope somebody got some photos or video of that. Maybe a little bit. I a little bit. Got a few photos. <laughs> but that was a great <laughs> summer and talk about having fun. So did you go yard on your dad? I did. I did. I got one over the monster. I think I had about 30 swings, and I was trying every time to hit it over the fence. And Must have been blowing out. He had to throw it at my face for me to turn on it, so I finally got one out of there. Going yard at Fenway, boy, that's an experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it. And it was the ball was coming in about fifty five miles an hour. How I was I? If anybody knew a sweet spot, it'd be me. And <laughs> I tried to find as best I could. That gets great. So a, a typical day in the in the fall for you at the college level would be kind of walk us through a typical day after you wake up until you're back in bed in terms of baseball, school, personal. Just kind of split it between those three. How as, would you as a coach or a player? Player, player. player. Okay, so at, I'll just go from my experience at Oregon. We always had. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we had weights at 6.30 in the morning. Um, so we'd go to weights, and that would take us right up to about 7.45. And uh, with our practice schedule, we practiced around 1.30. So we had to get all of our classes done before that time and then able to make it to practice. So, so 8 to 1 was sort of school. School, yeah. School and eating. School and eating if you could find time to get your meals in. But we'd go from weights to, to class. And another thing you don't even think about, when you're in high school is you have tutors uh you have to go to study hall um so from eight to one was about was all about school uh, and then we'd practice from about one thirty to five on average and then usually after that if you were lucky enough your day was done besides your homework and things you had to do um but a lot of us had study hall and tutors after practice as well um so it's a it's more than a full-time job uh the hours that we put yeah. in up at Oregon. And, and did you hit afterwards, after practice, at 5 o'clock at night? Did you go take a little extra BP or not? It, it depends. It depended yeah. on the day. Uh, it depends how I was feeling. Uh, there's a lot of – it's almost one of those good things where practice is over and you kind of want to just get away from it. And mm-hmm. I think that's some, one of the best things you can do at times is sometimes more work you put in, it can almost hurt you. Um, so there would be days where I'd go hit after, but there was also days where – I just wanted to go home and sit on the couch and watch some TV. <laughs> well, I know one thing I want to ask you a question, but I want to kind of come back just a second. I, I know you played in four years. You graduated in four years. Academically, you must have spent a lot of time 
with the uh, if you said you were kind of on the edge of getting in yep. academically kudos to you for getting out of that had to be a tough uh process to get to graduate in four yeah it it, it took a lot of work uh and there was at unfortunate i was fortunate enough to be able to go to university of oregon and they have great facilities and they have great academic advisors there and they really put you in the best situations for you to succeed as a student. My first two years there, I was in study hall. Uh, they based your study hall off your GPA. Uh, so my first two years, I was in study hall for eight hours, <laughs> eight hours a week. Sleeping bag and, uh, yeah. and, a, and a hamburger dish, huh? Eight yeah, hours there you a go. week. And, uh, fortunately, after my sophomore year, I was close enough with my advisor to kind of talk me talk him down a little bit. Uh, and that that's what really got me through it. I they didn't, they didn't do your homework or anything like that, but they just kind of make sure that you were on task and you knew what was going on in the classes that you were taking. So at the junior college level, I mean, I know, and I've heard that at some of the Division ones because academics, there's such an importance on that scholarship availability. At the junior college level, or is there much availability of tutoring in that to make sure guys stay on track? Yeah, the last year or two, we've hired a gal that does study hall for us. We have two academic counselors. We can get tutors for our athletes, things like that. So it's We've really kind of stepped up the game at our level to make it almost like a small D1 to, to help these kids move on and, and keep them going in the right direction. I, I know back when my son played, he was at Pepperdine, and then we passed away at uh, when he was at uh, Santa Ana Junior College. I know Santa Ana. It was if uh, there was no such thing as study hall or anything else. There, w- there was certainly a Pepperdine, and he had good grades. But well, and the travel these guys have to do. You know, they go to Hawaii, then they had to go to Vanderbilt. He's missing like two weeks of school, and that's right. why they have to study and have study hall in the. You know, meeting rooms at the hotels. Well, I know one thing, and, and uh, your success. I, you got some uh, pretty good accolades at, at Oregon. Some Player of the Year awards. What was that? And and some things your senior year. Uh, my senior year, I was no. I know I was on the first team All Pac-12. Um, and then the other awards that I received were more team awards voted by the players and coach uh, coaches. Uh, and I got the Defensive Player of the Year award uh, all four years while I was there. Wow! I, I know the other for that. Thank you. The other one I, I uh, understand you're you're being too humble was that you were a finalist for the top shortstop in the country. Tell us about a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's the Brooks Wallace Award, um, and it goes out to the top shortstop in the country. And I believe it was my senior year I was with the finalist, and my junior year I was in the semi uh, semi finalist for that award. And uh, that was something I really took pride in because uh, that was my strength as a player was uh, my defense. Uh, so that was something I was really proud of just to be mentioned with uh, other guys in that category. Yeah, finalist around the country. That's something. Okay, last big question. I'm a high school junior. I'm looking to somebody like J.J. Altabelli who's been through it all and is now coaching. Give me some tips uh, to, to be a better player, to be a better person, to, to try and go on to college. What what are your thoughts? And particularly now that you're coaching at the D1 level, you sort of know the expectations. So some tips, thoughts to a high school junior? Uh, just learn learn the game. Learn the game of baseball. Uh, I think with the showball era uh, of the kids that are coming up now, it's they're all going to tournaments and showcases. And what's getting lost in all that is the – team chemistry and team culture and the willingness to win baseball games and what it really takes to win baseball games and be a good team uh, i see it a lot with the players even when i was in college i could tell the way kids were coming up is they don't really they weren't really a part of a team uh, in high school because they were all worried about themselves individually and i believe if you just really really uh what am i looking for here uh, just focus on the team and winning uh, that's what really stands out to coaches and playing the game hard, playing it the right way. 
don't be selfish. Uh, winning winning's what makes this game so great and what makes it fun. So I imagine Hook over at uh, at your place now is it emphasize it puts a pretty strong emphasis on that the team aspect. Yeah, I mean we it's that's what's made Fullerton so great for so long is uh, their their culture that they've created over the years there, and that's what uh, Cal State Fullerton in particular looks at when they recruit players is does this player fit the mold of a Cal State Fullerton baseball player? It's not necessarily the best players, but it's it's the right pieces to the puzzle. Well, and the last one, and it's the holy grail of baseball. So what are your chances of making it to Omaha this year? You know, it's all the rankings have us pretty high, and uh, we're supposed to be pretty good. Uh, and I think we have a good, good group of players. Uh, so if we just continue to keep doing what we're doing and uh, stay healthy and play the game the right way and hard and as a team, I think uh, – you never know what can happen, but uh, I really like this group this year. And, Dad, I know, uh, what are your chances of making it? Is it, where's the finals are at Fresno? Fresno, yeah. Well, and you, what do you figure, you're, I don't want to jinx anything. You it's, got you got your plane ticket? It's a talented group this year, so I'm thinking this team can go quite our way. Well, you've heard the news flash here. We're going to see right the alto, alto bellies at the Holy Grail of, <laughs> both uh, at both levels. The Holy Grail. JJ's going to Omaha, and, and uh, old man old man Alto is going to head to Fresno, and they're both going to win some championships. So, hey, again, on behalf of RLF Radio, I'd like to thank both you guys. Certainly, JJ, you taking the time to drive down from your busy schedule as the season gets going. Um, JJ and, and John, again to you. Thank you for being here and providing some good insight to uh, some high school guys. Two, two class acts. We appreciate it very Thank much. You guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. And on behalf of Dick Owens, this is Guy Lemon of RLF Radio and reminding all of you to keep swinging for the fences.